In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Personal faith in Jesus Christ. Personal faith in Jesus Christ. The idea that I believe. I believe in my heart. Personal faith in Jesus Christ without intelligent, deep, theological understanding of who Christ is, is blind. At the same time, an intelligent and deep and theological understanding of who Jesus Christ is without a personal faith and without a personal relationship is empty. So personal faith in Jesus Christ without knowing who He is is blind. Yes, we can have a personal faith in Jesus Christ, but we have to strive to know Christ more and more, to understand Christ more and more, to see Him more and more. Peter, in today's Gospel, instead of focusing on what Christ can do for him, focuses on who Christ is and focuses on Christ himself. Okay, instead of Peter focusing on what Christ can do for him, he focuses on who Christ is and wants to be in a relationship with this man. What would it look like if Peter was more interested in what Christ could do for him? What would it look like if Peter was interested more in what Christ could do for him? Right? Sometimes we go to Christ with a lot of our requests. Maybe business isn't doing well and we want business to pick up. Or maybe uh, you know, there's some issue, that personal issue that I'm dealing with in my life that I want Jesus to take care of. And we, we find this, especially among students around exam time, uh, where they haven't really been faithful in their studies, but they're all of a sudden rushing to take communion and rushing to come to church and say their prayers and please just get me out of this one, just get me out of this one. This is some. This is a relationship of where we look to Jesus Christ for what He can do for us. If Simon was interested in what Christ could do for us, we could imagine a very, you know, very funny scene. We could instead of him saying to Christ, "Depart from me." He would have said, please come back tomorrow. Same time, same place. I will be fishing. And I would love it if you could bless our boat so we can make uh, a larger profit than we usually make. But Peter is not interested at this, at this miracle, at this sign. And keep in mind, it wasn't just the miracle. He had been listening to Christ, where it says at the very beginning, that the multitude pressed about him to hear the Word of God. Last week, what was the Gospel last week? The paralyzed man that they let down from the roof. And what was the scene in the very beginning? The house was filled and he was speaking the Word to them. It said that in the Gospel. And today we hear again those pressing about him to hear the Word of God. So they're hearing the Word of God from the One who is the Word of God. They're hearing the Word of God from the Word of God Himself, the Logos of the Father. And if, like I said last week, the Word of God comes down to us 
speaks to us the words of God so that the word of God can become incarnate within us, can be within us, and we can become, like I said last week, the fragrance of Christ in this world. But before we can become the fragrance of Christ, St. Peter shows us an important step that has to happen in our relationship with Christ, which is an honest repentance, an honest understanding of who we are and who He is. When we come face to face with God on the Day of Judgment, we're going to have to realize who we are and we're going to have to realize who He is. And it's a fearful image and sometimes overwhelming when we think about that day and we have to give an account for everything that we have done, everything that we have said, everything that we have uh, thought about, everything that was done in a hidden, quiet corner, in the dark, will be proclaimed in the light. And when we come face to face with God, St. Paul says that our works will be tested by fire. If our works are straw, or if our works are, are wood and tested by fire, they will be destroyed. But if our works are stone, something that can resist fire, then we will have something to show on the day of judgment. Now I'm not saying this so that we will be overly fearful. We should have confidence too. But in this life, now in this day, is when we should look to St. Peter when we should look to St. Peter and to see the reaction of somebody who comes face to face with God. And it's not just a one-time deal. In fact, in our communion prayers, the prayers that we say before communion, you will find some words like this before we approach that we should say. We're saying to God, Depart from me, for I am a sinful person. But keep in mind, Peter also said something that was very profound later on in life. Later on, if you remember in the Gospel of John, after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, in the Gospel of John, Jesus Christ speaks to them and starts to say, I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven. Unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood. And as, as difficult as it is for us to hear that, that's how it sounded on that day. Unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you have no life in you. And after he had said these things, it said many of, the, of his disciples drew back and no longer wanted to follow him. And then Jesus said to his twelve, Do you also want to leave us? And Peter, the one who had said before, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Peter at that moment, he says, Lord, where are we going to go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to know and to believe that you are the Holy One of God. So we live in that tension. We live in that tension between depart from me for I am a sinful person and where else am I going to go, Lord, but to you? Where else can I go but to you? 
sometimes we think about the difficulties in our life as if God had given them to us. God placed this difficulty in our life. I'm not going to argue about that now. It's not the best way to understand our relationship with God, but we can say God allows things to happen. But when we find and we realize that God has allowed something to happen, it's not a point in time where we turn from God. We say, you let this happen, so therefore I'm going to leave. Where else are we going to go? Job, when he was given the tribulations, when he was given tribulations from God, there's a verse that he says, even though he slays me, even though he kills me, yet I will trust in him. So this tension that we live in, we live every time we come to the liturgy. We come to the liturgy with an attitude of repentance. We come with the liturgy, to the liturgy with an attitude of, I do not belong in the company of the saints and in the company of the angels. Yet there's no other place where I can go. There's no other place where I will be able to find what I need. And a couple weeks ago, like the sinful woman who approached Christ, she came knowing that she is not worthy, yet she does the best that she can with her tears, with the perfume, with her hair, to offer something to Christ. And we have to do the same. We have to do the best that we can. We can pray to God each day, God, allow me to love you the best that I can. I'm not going to be as great as St. Anthony. I'm not going to be as great as St. Mary. But I can do the best that I can in today's day. And I can repent the best that I can today. Not leaving it for tomorrow. In today's Gospel, with this repentance, there's also another important practical thing to meditate on. The idea of launching out into the deep. Launching out into the deep. St. <coughs> Peter, Peter goes to Christ and says, We have toiled all night. Sorry, before that, Christ comes to Simon and says to him, Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon, who's an expert fisherman, he says, we've, we've, we've done this. We've been working hard. We know what we're doing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And this launching out into the deep is going for us, we can meditate on, into an unfamiliar part. Going someplace that is not we're not used to going. Getting out of our comfort zone. Doing something different for the sake of God. Doing something different for the sake of God. Christ asks us many times to launch out into the deep. Christ asks us many times to get out of our comfort zone. Christ asks us not only to get out of our comfort zones, but to do things that are dangerous to do things that open us up and make us vulnerable. When we love somebody that has hurt us many times, when we love somebody that has, has been a source of our pain, and we say finally, I'm not going to open myself up to being hurt. And I'm, not, I'm not dumb. 
right? I'm not going to keep. But when we're asked to launch out into the deep, it's different. There's a possibility that you, you're not only going to get hurt, but you're going to get hurt many times. Does God want us to get hurt? No. But there's something that God wants us to do. God wants us to be examples in this world, in places where there's darkness. Now, it doesn't mean we have to go into, you know, drug homes and, uh, you know, under prostitutes and bars and all this. No, we don't have to go to these dark places. But sometimes people in their lives can be filled with darkness. People, their mentality, the way they think, the way they act, what they are doing, what they want to do, what they continue to do. Sometimes we have to strive to be in a relationship with these people, to launch out into the deep at the word of God, to do something that we're not comfortable with. And if you are not convinced by my words, remind yourselves with today's epistle, uh, Pauline epistle taken from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 to 15, where St. Paul he speaks about this treasure of the light. He says, For the God who shined light, sorry, for the God who commanded light in the very beginning, commanded light to shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts and has given us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he says, We carry this in earthen vessels. He says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We are always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death, for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in the mortal flesh. <coughs> Remember how I said, we're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ because of what He can do for us, but we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ to know who He is and to understand who He is, not just with our minds, but with our hearts. And when we have that knowledge, that beautiful, beautiful knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, we can endure all things. We can put up with anything and anyone, anywhere, anytime. That is the power that we're given with Jesus Christ. Because we're not just putting it up, up with a person who's difficult. We're resisting the evil one. We're standing against evil. We're being the light of Christ in whatever place we're called to be the light of Christ. It's not easy. And it's not what we understand Christianity to be sometimes. We think, if I follow God, if I go to church, if I read my Bible, if I say my prayers, if I take communion, then my life should be okay. And then when things go bad, we say, but God, I've been reading my Bible, I've been going to church, I've been saying my prayers, I've been, why did you let this happen? That's not why we're in the relationship with God. Remember, He is the one that appears with the three holy youth in the fire. He doesn't extinguish the fire. Yes, it's a miracle. They weren't affected by the fire, but the fire was still there. He appeared in the burning bush and he says, I have seen Israel, my people. I've heard their cries and their persecution. And that bush is a symbol of Israel on fire. 
but not destroyed. Yes, we, we always talk about the burning bush being a symbol of St. Mary, but it's also a symbol of Israel. On fire, not destroyed, and it says the angel of the Lord was in the fire, and the voice came out of the fire. So our attitude and our understanding about Christ is that we stick with Him, we, we, we expose ourselves to Him, we repent, we understand, look, I am a sinful person, and only on your mercy can I rely. And I'm so sinful that I can't even stand to be in front of you, a righteous person. And I can't even imagine that you have given me this gift of, of grace, this, this gift that you've given to me of blessing my boat, of, of taking care of me all these, day, all these years. I, I, I'm undeserving of this. And when we have that relationship, then we understand, okay, nevertheless, I have no other place I can go to, and I will do what you tell me to do. It said at the end of this story, it said, they forsook all, and they followed him. They forsook all, and they followed him. And not just that boat, but the friends too, right? Andrew and, Andrew and Peter, James and John, the fishermen, they all said, forget this fishing thing. We've seen something else that is greater than just the going, fishing, coming back. And he said, Christ says to him, I'll make you fishers of men. I will change your, your mentality about this world. I'll change the way, the talents that you had before, I'm going to use them for something else now. For the glory of the kingdom of God. And that's for every one of us. That's for every one of us to accept, to take, to trust in the promises of God. It's for every one of us to repent, and it's for every one of us to change, and it's for every one of us to deepen our relationship of God. Remember, our theme this year is to see God, and to know God, and to have that vision of God, and to yearn to see God. And here's another, yet another example of what that looks like, and how that can be made manifest in our lives. So let us remember that personal faith in Jesus Christ is not enough. I need to know who He is. I need to understand. I need to read my Bible. I need to study. I need to come to church. I need to pick up a spiritual book. I need to attend some spiritual meetings. It's not something that you can just hope one day will be downloaded into your brain or into your mind. This is that something that we learn over and over through our relationship with Christ. But at the same time, it's not just about reading and studying theology and understanding the depth of, of the councils and everything and not having a practical, personal relationship with God. And here we see the path to that personal relationship with God with knowledge. Personal relationship of God when we come face to face and we start to say, look, I am a sinner, you are God. Change me and I will be changed. Allow me to repent and I will repent. It's hard in the Arabic is much is much nicer, uh, but the the verse uh, that I'm getting at is the idea that God is the one that works the change within us, but we have to be open to it, receptive to it, willing to do it, and then we have to not be scared of where that takes us in our life, where we are called to be a light in this world, where we are asked to follow Him to launch out into the deep. Today. Remember the day of judgment. Today that remember the day that we're going to stand before the Lord. And let this be a new day, a new change, a new beginning. And let this day bless the weak. Let us live from this Eucharist to the next Eucharist, understanding the blessings which we have received.
let us ask for God's mercy, let us pray for the situations that are in our lives where we're being called to be a light. Let us remind ourselves of the words of St. Paul, how he was hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, always carrying about in his body the dying of the Lord Christ, so that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in his body. May we also follow in these same, in these same footsteps. May God be glorified in our lives. May God be glorified in our church, now and ever unto the age of all ages. Amen.